Hello, everybody. Welcome to Community Conversations on the BMC Podcast Network. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Well, average sales prices for homes in Belmont, according to our local board of assessors, now exceed $1 million this year. Uh, Housing prices in Belmont have uh, increased 40% just since the year 2009. It seems as though Belmont is increasingly becoming inaccessible to many, if not most, people who haven't uh, already bought a house here. And we have a local organization, the Belmont Housing Trust, who is charged with uh, addressing that and and coming up with uh, responses to that. Gloria Leipzig is the co-chair of the Belmont Housing Trust, and Gloria is with us today. Thank you for coming over. Thank you, Roger, for having me. The Belmont Housing Trust has been around for a while now. Can you uh, give us a a brief history of what it is and what you do? Well, the Belmont Housing Trust is really um, a town committee, and our charge is to promote and develop affordable housing or find strategies to develop affordable housing in the town. Um, Most recently, we worked on the... um, Development of the um, of Waverly Woods, which is a 40-unit of uh, low-income tax credit housing development in the Waverly area, and we've been working for the last few years on the development of a housing production plan. Now, when we talk about affordable housing, uh, th- that term gets bantied about quite a bit. Uh, affordable housing isn't really a synonym for low-income housing. Affordable housing has a a meaning unto itself, right? Right. Affordable housing is usually uh, determined to be at 80% of area median income, depending on family size. And the area is the Boston? Uh, the Boston metropolitan area, yes. So that's uh, the median income in Boston is, what, $90,000? Approximately 90000 So yes. we're talking uh, uh, housing that would be affordable for Households with incomes upwards of sixty-five or seventy thousand. Oh, absolutely, yes. For a family of three or four, yes. Now there is this state statute uh, too, called Chapter Forty B, which people, including myself, uh, associate with affordable housing. Can yes. you tell us what the relationship between Forty B and affordable housing is? Well, Chapter Forty B requires. Uh, cities and towns to um, uh, reach 10% affordability in their 10% housing affordability in their community. Um, And otherwise, um, 40B developments uh, that uh, unfriendly 40B developments can occur when a developer can essentially try attempt to override uh, uh, normal zoning restraints to build uh, to build housing. Um, For example, in Belmont, there's been a development, the Royal Belmont was a Chapter 40B development that's responsible for 300 units of housing in, um, uh, off of Route 2. Uh, 60, uh, 20% of, of Chapter 40B housing uh, is required to be affordable, so that of those 300 units, 60 units will be affordable housing um, at 50% of area median income. Uh, What I'd like to do today is to talk a little bit about affordable housing generally, and then let's talk about the housing production plan that the the Housing Trust has uh, has been working on. 
Uh, my understanding from the housing production plan is that the lack of affordable housing in Belmont really affects uh, the aged and the young the most. Is that a correct yes. understanding? Yeah, I, I believe we, in, in um, looking at uh, some of our the demographics, that's a conclusion we've reached as well. So when we looked at the housing production plan and looked at the demographics, um, there are um, almost 30% of the town is cost, uh, we consider both renters and homeowners, 30% of the households are cost burden. In other words, they're paying more than 30% of their income in either for, towards home ownership or in rent. And um, uh, I believe that the largest percentage of cost burdened households are the elderly. Now, when you say cost burdened, uh, paying more than 30%, so that has an impact on their ability to make other that's right. e essential expenditures. For yes, exactly. So that that affects how much you can pay for childcare. That affects how much you can pay for uh, medical care, for medical bills. Um, all sorts of repercussions happen when you are paying much more than thirty percent of your income for rent that you obviously can't afford to do some of the other necessities that you might have in your life. And when we talk about kids, uh, you and I both have. Uh, uh, children yes. who uh, who are basically the same age and they're uh, in their uh, mid to, to late 20s. So yes. they are out of high school, they are out of uh, college. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that my daughter, uh, who has been had her degree for a few years now, couldn't afford to move to uh, to Belmont. Yes. She, she couldn't afford to buy the house right. that uh, she grew up in. Absolutely, and we're finding that more, uh, we, we really believe that um, more and more um, families are going to be finding that as their children uh, grow up in Belmont, they're not going to be able to come back and, and, and start their own family here. Uh, there's really a lack of, you said, the, the, the average price of a home in Belmont is now over a million dollars, and then uh, that means that a lot of uh, people that, that currently live here that are that were raised here, people that work here, are unable to afford to uh, purchase a home here. Uh, and does that adversely affect, uh, I mean, I'm going to assume the answer to this question is yes, by the way, but uh, does the lack of economic diversity adversely affect the community in some way? Well, we think that there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of impact that the lack of, you're absolutely right, there is a lack of diversity because there is a lack of diversity in the kind of housing that we offer here in Belmont. And I think that by, um, and, and I, I think there's a regional impact as well that we uh, need to discuss because um, we look at the, you know, I think a lot of people that work in Belmont also um, that live in Belmont work in, in Boston. Well, as, um, and we look at the growth in Boston, well, uh, the economic development in Boston could be adversely affected by the lack of housing production in our community as well as other nearby communities because uh, companies aren't gonna be able to grow if their employees can't find places to live. And there is an environment, it's interesting, uh, something you just said, there's an environmental impact too. Uh, we have, uh, Friends who graduated with uh, our daughter, who are planning to get married this uh, this summer, they're looking for housing, but they're being forced uh, further, and f even though they both work in Boston, 
they're being forced to look for housing further and further out uh, simply to find something in their price range. So they have a carbon footprint, if you right. will, that's much bigger than they would choose to have if, yeah. they, if they had the choice. And I, I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things that the housing production plan also emphasizes as one of our strategies is to encourage transit-oriented development. And so we're looking at different hubs in the, in the town, uh, near commuter rail, near bus lines, where development could occur, uh, uh, primarily because it would make it much, uh, the town, the city of Belmont, the city of Boston would be much more easily accessible if we can develop around transit oriented lines. And I'd, I'd like to come back uh, for a minute to the, the notion of diversity because I think most people, include, again, including myself, uh, believe that Belmont is far more diverse than perhaps popular uh, opinion. Uh, would have it. Belmont isn't simply Belmont Hill. Bel- uh, right. There's a lot of economic diversity that exists in Belmont. Yeah. So how do you how do you respond to the notion that why do we need affordable more affordable housing given the economic diversity that currently exists? Well, I think that um, one of the things that I, I I think many of us uh, even on the housing trust were. Um, Sort of, sort of surprised as we looked at the demographics of the of the town to see that 25% of our households qualify for affordable housing. So we already have a serious need for affordable housing that is unmet in our town. We have currently uh, a 6.7% affordable uh, either uh, affordable uh, rental options and home ownership options here in, in Belmont. And yet we have 25% of the population that needs greater, uh, that needs, um, uh, or that could qualify for affordable housing. So the, clearly the need in Belmont is here, and that I think that we need to take steps to increase the, uh, to increase the uh, likelihood that those folks can be um, provided with affordable housing options. And one thing you just said, too, is, uh, strikes me as something that I don't think about a lot, and that is... We're not simply talking about homeownership here. Right. I, and when I think of affordable housing, I think of affordable homeownership. But we really are talking, or you re- really are talking, both renters and homeowners yeah. in, in Belmont. Yes. Yeah, I, I think primarily we're looking at um, the possibilities for for both, but I think that uh, the opportunities for uh, the development of affordable rental housing is probably more likely. I would like to remind folks today that we are talking with Gloria Leipzig. Gloria is co-chair of the Belmont Housing Trust, and we're talking about affordable housing in Belmont, and uh, we're going to talk about the uh, housing production plan that the Housing Trust recently completed and that has been endorsed by both the planning board and the board of selectmen. That's that's not quite the case yet. Okay. Um, the housing production plan did do uh, the housing. The housing trust did do a presentation um, of the housing production plan to both the board of selectmen and the planning board. Both of those bodies um, certainly gave us very favorable um, uh, impressions about how they felt about the, uh, the the need for a housing production plan. However, we uh, are still coordinating with the planning board on some, uh, I would say, some adjustments to the plan um, and that we hope to take it back to the planning board for their approval, certainly by uh, late April. 
And once we get the uh, planning board approval, it then goes to the uh, Board of Selectmen for their approval. And then once it's approved by both bodies, it's then sent to the Massachusetts Department of Housing and Community Development for their review and final approval before it can be adopted. Okay, so I was a little ahead of myself there. Yeah. 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 Now, part of the housing production plan, let's talk about the housing production plan. Uh, uh, you mentioned transit-oriented development uh, a, a few minutes ago. Uh, can you tell us again, I, what, that sounds like a term of art or a technical yeah, term. Is. What, yeah. what is transit-oriented development? The idea behind transit-oriented development is that you are building affordable, uh, as well as market-rate housing, in, in areas near transit centers. For example, Waverly Square here in Belmont. And we're looking to not only create affordable housing, but you're really looking at the area in a way of creating more of more vibrant neighborhoods so that it will also have an economic impact um, on that on that area of town and perhaps uh, lead to some redevelopment of, of retail and commercial centers as well. So in many ways, uh, the transit-oriented development for housing is far more than housing. Yes. It is uh, a way to reinvigorate uh, the squares or... And, to revitalize the squares. Or to yes. revitalize yeah. the squares or to revitalize business d districts yes. in general. Yeah, because we think that as you develop more housing, you know, you're going to have an active uh, market for more services so that it obviously will then lead to more economic, you know, spur more economic development in the community as well. Now, when I read the housing production plan for Belmont, I noticed, uh, I thought it was interesting that it wasn't just the squares, but for example, Trapello Road, the Trapello Road corridor was identified as an area that uh, uh, possibly was uh, a source, not a source, but a location for... Uh, for housing development. Can you tell us about that? Yes. I mean, I why mean, the Trapello Road Corridor? Well, I mean, again, there's it's, it's the idea that it's, you know, there's a great great transportation along Trapello Road. Um, most of the uh, uh, buildings that are currently there are single-story buildings, and there is potential for, um, in fact, there's been recently buildings that have been torn down and uh, redevelopment could occur at those, at those sites. Um, you can actually build over um, the potential is there to build over um, some of the current retail storefronts. There's also, I think, um, the potential for, again, working with the planning board, and I think that, you know, again, as we talk about the housing production plan, we can talk a bit more about this, but, you know, the planning board could choose to make overlay districts uh, along certain areas of um, Trapello Road that could uh, incentivize developers to look at um, both a retail and housing mix. And what would you say to uh, people who say, uh, or who might react uh, by saying, if I wanted to live in Somerville, I would live in Somerville, um, that uh, people have this image of what new development would look like, uh, which may or may not be the case. I think that we, we as, a, as a housing trust, need to, one of, the, one of our goals is to uh, educate folks a little bit more on density and how it can look and how it can work. And I think that's one of the things that we need to do so that uh, neighborhoods are not, because um, I, I think you're right, there is that sort of automatic sort of reaction about, well, I don't right. want a big 
10-story building in my neighborhood. But we're not necessarily talking about that kind of density. But density is not a bad thing. There's, um, and I think that it can, in, in, in fact, uh, you know, uh, the, the, it can, it can it, again, invigorate a neighborhood. And, and it, it can, can look provide, like the rest of the it neighborhood. It can look like the rest of the neighborhood, and it can be a, a real, um, again, it be a source of, of more housing, not just affordable housing, but market rate housing as well. And I think that we just, but again, I think that we need to um, sort of, as we think about developing those sites, we need to do a good job about letting people know what that really means for that neighborhood and what the what it really can look like. Because a lot of communities have developed three- and four-story buildings that do fit well into the communities, the neighborhoods that we're talking about. Now, when I think of a denser housing development, for example, I think of the housing that went in at Our Lady of Mercy. Um, Has there been reactions since that was built uh, saying that doesn't look like the rest of the neighborhood? I've not heard of any comments like that since those 17 units were developed. And again, of those 17 units, three were developed as affordable homeownership opportunities. Uh, Okay, with the housing production plan, um, it's been adopted by the Housing Trust. You've had conversations with the planning board, and you will present it to the the Board of Selectmen at some point uh, in the future. We present it as, again, a preliminary um, presentation to the Board of Selectmen about a month ago. Okay. Uh, What's that all about? Uh, Can you summarize in easy fashion uh, housing production? Okay, the housing production plan is really a community strategy to plan and develop for more affordable housing um, in the community to meet our needs as well as to meet the the requirements of Chapter 40B, the 10% uh, requirements to have a uh, 10% requirement uh, regulated in Chapter 40B. Um, And the housing production plan um, essentially has three requirements. You need to have very detailed demographic study of your community. You need to um, elaborate on both goals and strategies uh, for meeting that um, affordable housing need. And I believe that uh, the housing product, and one of the things that we did in this housing production plan was we sponsored the Belmont League of Women Voters and the Housing Trust sponsored five different community forums about Belmont's housing future. And uh, we were very pleased with the success of those forums and the number of people that they drew. And the housing production plan, once uh, approved by the, all the various uh, uh, decision makers, uh, not only provides a strategic uh, document for the housing trust and others to follow, but it has other implications for the community, right? It, it insulates us from a, if, an unfriendly 40B? Yes. Um, that's one of the, um, the um, certainly the opportunities we would have if we can get it approved for Chapter 40B, that it gives us safe harbor is the term from an unfriendly 40B. Um, and as long as we meet the goals that we've set out, and there are production goals that are set out in the in the housing production plan that are required, we need to uh, try and meet uh, approximately 50 units a year. Um, 15 or 50? 50, 50, 50 units a year. Um, and, and make our best efforts to achieve 50 affordable units a year um, so that essentially that we would, uh, um, uh, and if we can do that, we would get safe harbor from an unfriendly 40B. 
So it's not simply having the plan, but you have to have the plan and then uh, take the actions. Work uh, towards, yes, uh, meeting those goals. Toward meeting the goals that are set forth in the plan. Absolutely. Now, one of the things in Belmont, I would be remiss to not ask you this, but one of the things that people are concerned about in Belmont today is the fact that our schools are bursting at the seams with kids. Uh, When we talk about housing production, um, how does one bring those uh, two concerns together? How does one build new housing without exacerbating the, uh, uh, the presence of kids in the schools? Well, I think, first of all, that with any new development that comes to Belmont, we have to look at fair housing issues so that we need to remember that we, we, need, we, we can't um, discriminate against, against families. Um, that's certainly something that I think we, we can't we, build a fence uh, and can't. say families right. no, aren't our, welcome. Our families are not welcome, yes. Right. Um, I think that the housing production plan does elaborate on three um, specific targets for for, ho- for building affordable housing in Belmont. The first is for seniors. We know that there is a large... Um, a large number of senior households in Belmont uh, who are definitely in need of affordable housing options as well as people with disabilities because there are really no options for um, uh, for uh, housing for people that have any kind of mobility issues. Um, the second group is young families. Um, as we talked about earlier, if you are starting to raise a family in in, and want to live in Belmont, there are very few options for you if your income is not in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And also people that live in town, or people that work in town. We have a large number of people um, who work at town hall, who work in our school systems, who work in our local stores, who can't afford to live in the community they work in. And I think what we're looking to do is try and provide more housing for those populations. And one thing that flows out of what you just said there is, uh, uh, and maybe this is something that I've even been guilty of uh, this morning, is that working to develop affordable housing doesn't necessarily imply building new housing. Uh, There are ways to subsidize uh, uh, the the purchase or development of existing housing units. Uh, It's it's possible to do it that way, too. It depends on Again, there, there are a lot of different factors. I mean, first of all, you have to look at what's, um, what the market price is um, for the, the property to be purchased and what kinds of subsidies might be available. Uh, the issue about purchasing um, properties currently you know, available, like a two-family, is what the cost of that would be and the fact that what we would need to do is to guarantee essentially affordability in perpetuity. Um, and so you need to have, it can't be just, well, uh, I'm taking in an affordable, uh, a person who's of low income or moderate income this year, that needs to be a guarantee um, going forward. Um, I'm going to go back a bit to the question you asked about the schools. I, I In Belmont, there has been, I, I agree, there has been a dramatic increase in the school age population. Um, the last affordable housing that was developed in Belmont was Waverly Woods, it's a 40-unit development, probably developed, I believe, around 10 years ago. Um, we've the the, um, the surge in school population has not 
because has not been caused by any dramatic increase in affordable housing because there hasn't been. So there are a lot of other causes for um, increases in school age population, and I think that affordable housing um, is has not been one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I'm hearing you say this morning is when you when you think about putting together the housing production plan, and you've more than thought about it, you've you've done it. In Belmont, you're really s sort of caught between two different factor, uh, two different uh, phenomena. On the one hand, existing housing is extraordinarily expensive. So it would be extraordinarily expensive simply to provide subsidies to buy down that housing. On the other hand, there's very limited space to develop new housing. How, how do you... Well, I How do you play those two things against you? I, you know, obviously, there are challenges, and I think that we are looking at um, a couple of different ways of doing this. I, I think that, first of all, there is some space. Um, for, for example, we're now looking at um, two public housing developments that might offer possibilities for um, redevelopment that might be able to include additional affordable housing, and that's both at Sherman Gardens and, and Belmont Village. Um, uh, so that's those are two very real possibilities. We're also looking here at Waverly Square as a transit-oriented um, development. Um, we believe that there's a lot of possibility here um, for, uh, again, both housing development and economic redevelopment here in Waverly Square. There are um, the the corridor, the Trapello Road corridor. There are areas like um, some some sites that are um, older industrialized areas that may that may be potential targets for redevelopment. And there are also church properties that we want to investigate. Um, some religious communities might be interested in selling some of their parking lots, some of their buildings that are no longer used, and they could be um, uh, they, they could be possibilities for for housing development. So to, to summarize this all, yeah, there is a, a, an unquestioned need for yes. affordable housing. And through the housing production plan, the housing trust has identified some, not, I, I don't want to overstate this, so I won't call it solutions, but some steps forward yeah. to, uh, to meet that uh, need. Uh, what, what's next? What do you do? What's next? So I think that there, the, the next thing to do is to get it approved by the planning board. Um, that we need to move this forward to um, move it through the, the Boston, the, the Board of Selectmen, and then to the Department of Housing and Community Development for final approval. I believe that once this is approved, then it's a charge to the town to try and figure out ways that we can um, incentivize developers to develop affordable housing here in the town. And I think that, again, we will be looking at our planning board to, um, to come up with different strategies on, from their point of view that might also uh, promote the development of affordable housing. Um, for example, the inclusionary zoning bylaw. There is certainly uh, many uh, neighboring cities and towns have increased proportion of uh, the percentage of inclusionary zoning required with a development from 10% up to 20%. Um, and I think that Belmont right now, for most of the, the uh, 
the properties that would be developed as at 10%, because it's mixed use of the 10%. Again, many communities and towns would be at 15%. It won't create a lot of new housing, but again, it's an opportunity. There's a possibility for overlay districts. There is a possibility for density bonuses um, um, if, if developers are willing to put in more affordable housing. There's the possibility for um, uh, looking at parking requirements and thinking about whether if we can take target certain areas uh, to um, minimize or, or decrease the parking requirement currently associated with development, that might uh, promote uh, more uh, greater density, more affordable units. Um, we also, if we can pass this housing production plan, we might be uh, able to apply for, eligible for, to apply for grants, uh, two new grant programs. One is the, house, the Governor's Housing Choice Initiative, which would provide capital funds for um, redevelopment or for development of affordable housing. And the other is Mass Housing's um, planning for housing production, which would give us um, basically some money towards consultant services to increase our, our uh, to look at our, our zoning and, and look at, uh, to assist with zoning changes, to look at our staffing, planning staffing capabilities, to look at infrastructure studies and other things that might also help us uh, in developing affordable housing. Well, thank you, Gloria. I've learned uh, a lot today. But one of the takeaways today that I'm taking away is that the housing production plan isn't just a housing issue. It's a, an issue about whether Belmont is age-friendly to its elderly. It's an environmental issue. It is in a business or economic development issue. And in addition, it's a housing uh, issue. Yes. And there are a lot of things yeah. Yeah. wrapped it up in this. Yes, I think it's a statement. Once we can pass out the production plan, it is a statement by the town that we do promote affordability, that we do want to look at economic growth. And I think that um, it will benefit the town and the region if we can move forward with that plan. That's great. Well, we're out of time. Thanks uh, for coming uh, over today. Thank you, Roger. We have been talking with uh, Gloria Leipzig. Gloria is the co-chair of the Belmont Housing Trust, which has recently produced the, a Belmont Housing Production Plan. Uh, you've been listening to Community Conversations. I would like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. You can stream Community Conversations online at the BMC Podcast Network at belmontmedia.org. And you can also find Community Conversations on iTunes by searching for the BMC Podcasts Network. You've been listening to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will talk to you again in two weeks.